reading anything this Lent, Ken? Yeah, I've been... It wasn't necessarily for Lent, but I've been reading, um, trying to work through parts of the Summa. Oh, wow. Um, just like reading, reading. Yeah. <laughs> just reading one article a day, which is probably maybe a hundred words. I mean, it's just mm. such a short amount. But just trying to understand a little bit more about him. He is my confirmation saint. Uh, and I was always a little fearful to read him in college in the philosophy courses that I took. But I just thought, you know what? I might as well just give it a chance and see see what happens. Nice. And I came across a good guide on how to read his, like, because it's ordered in such a funky way to someone who's just picking it up to read it. Mm. And so if you read... You sort of have to read later on in his answer to the question and then go back to the objections. So there's a way to read it oh, okay. that helps with the thought flow oh, a little okay. bit better. So that's been neat, just to meditate a little bit on that each day. And I've also been working through the Wednesday audiences of St. John Paul II, um, mm. particularly his Theology of the Body, and just kind of actually delving into the documents themselves because I've done a lot of study of the document, but I have not actually mm. read it. Oh yeah, I forgot to bring you that book. That's so you okay. Can borrow it. I can I found bring it that in online. You found... Okay, so you found it good. Are we recording this? We're recording. Oh okay. All right, great. So <laughs> Austin, aren't you going to ask me what I'm writing, reading these days? I will ask you. Yes. What are you reading? Uh, most recently, uh, this afternoon, I was reading a bunch of uh, really hilariously cute cards from kids at Saint <laughs> Edward. Nutritious. I'm going I'm to mess this name up. It's Saint Edward Epiphany School. In, in Richmond. And they sent me this awesome care package with all kinds of candy and delicious things in time for Lent. <laughs> and thank you to all of them uh, if, if for some reason they somehow stumble upon this podcast. But uh, some of the cards were hilarious. Like one of them had, uh, what's it called when you have like the first letter of... An acrostic, is that right? An acrostic. I think. I don't know, an acrostic with my name. So it was like, That's Anthony right. is amazing. And then N, like, I don't know. Neat. Neat, and then the like the second N they couldn't come up with like anything, so they said nutritious. Nutritious, <laughs> hilarious. Anthony Ferguson is nutritious. And for O, they had on eagle's wings. <laughs> Which can you, Anthony? Can you draw a picture of yourself on eagle's wings? Because that would be fantastic. Not today. <laughs> no. no, I'd rather not. Uh, well, one of the things that I've been reading, and I actually wanted to uh, bring up as our podcast. Um, is the message of the Holy Father for Lent 2018. But before I do it, I should introduce who's on the podcast. I don't think I've done that yet. So You have not. I'm here, Austin Farenholt, uh, Director of Advancement for our church and our school. With me is our seminarian, Anthony Ferguson, and also Ken White, our Director of Youth Ministry. So we're all here, um, and this is a, a fairly new mi- ministry we've been working on. Um, called Vici Mundum, which means I have conquered the world. It comes from John sixteen thirty three. The verse says, In the world you will have trouble, but take courage. I have conquered the world. Um, so this podcast really is just, just about sharing the love of Christ. Um, the three of us uh, have, have read some books and, uh, and, have, and have had a lot of conversations about how Christ has moved in our lives and different things that we've learned along the way. We really like talking. We've, yeah. That's what it, what it really boils down to. So three of us like talking, and so we thought, how can we actually do this while working? Well, let's start a podcast. So Bam. we've got a podcast now, um, and if you listen to the one right before this, we had uh, Tina Wandersee on, um, 
who's fantastic. She works in our outreach office. And so um, we, we are going to have one soon with Father John David. Um, so the idea is we're going to get some people from the, from the parish on this podcast. But um, yeah, so that gives you a little bit of background. But what, um, what I was hoping we could talk a little bit about today, we just had Ash Wednesday yesterday. Um, so we have entered the joyful season of Lent. And our Holy Father put out a great message for us um, for this year. You can find it on the Vatican's website. I highly recommend reading it. It's about a five-minute read, um, but uh, but it's really good. So he said the theme of Lent. I didn't know Lent had themes until I read this, um, but the Holy Father uh, came up with a, a theme, and I assume he's done this for, for previous Lents. But it, the theme is a Bible verse. It's Matthew twenty four twelve, which says, because of the increase of iniquity, the love of many will grow cold, which is fascinating. Hmm. Because of the increase of iniquity, iniquity, you know, another, a synonym for that would be sin. Because of the increase of sin, the love of many will grow cold. Uh, not the most cheery verse um, that, that you might think of. And I was, I was kind of surprised, but his reflection is really good. So he, he's talking about uh, what's happening um, in this chapter in Matthew. Um, and he says, uh, in reply to a question of the disciples, Jesus foretells a great tribula- tribulation and describes a situation in which the community of believers might well find itself amid great trials, false prophets, uh, who would lead people astray, and the love that is the core of the gospel would grow cold in the hearts of many. And so his message is breaking that down, and he's saying, you know, basically that this is happening in our modern times. He's telling it to the apostles at their times, but even today this message like all things in the Bible, it's not old. It's it's new. It's for our time. What do you guys think uh, love growing cold looks like? I think it's love turned in on itself. Hmm. When we become more concerned about our situation and securing our position, and and we begin to ignore almost completely after a while the needs situation of others Mm. that's what i think of is a love turned cold Mm. it's a turned around on yourself Mm. like a a selfishness or like what yes and then it's it's ice it isolates you yeah i mean because it's it's when you think of cold you think of something frozen something immovable um, something hard and something that nobody wants to be around, mm-hmm. right? We like a cool fan on a hot summer day, but nobody wants to be stuck inside a freezer for very long, right? It's, it's mm, cold I don't. And, <laughs> that sounds and uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And, and it burns. I mean, really, if something is cold enough, it burns. Yeah. yeah. And not in a pleasant way. <laughs> well, and that's, that's funny that you say that, that the, the cold burns, because in the... Uh, um, in his description, he says a cold heart. So he's got a little section on the cold heart. And he says in his description of how Dante uh, pictures the devil seated on a throne of ice. In the frozen and loveless isolation. Hmm. Um, and so he says how it happens that charity can turn cold within us. And what are the signs that indicate our love is beginning to cool? So he has three, uh, three basic signs. Um, the first one. Uh, more than anything else, what destroys charity is greed for money. And he has 
uh, parentheses, the root of all evil from 1 Timothy 6.10. So the root of all evil, the love of money, basically, or greed for money, he says that that destroys charity. Isn't that interesting? Greed for money. Greed for money. What can may I ask like just like just so we can get all three right in a row so people can hear them all together? Yeah. Like, what are the three so okay. that we can talk more about? No, that's them a good now. idea. So you have greed for money, the root of all evil. Um, and then the next one he says, uh, um, creation itself becomes a silent witness to this cooling of charity. Um, the earth is poisoned by refuse discarded out of carelessness or for or uh, for self interest. Hmm. The seas themselves polluted engulf the remains of countless shipwrecked victims of forced migration. The heavens in which God's plan were created to sing his praises are rent by engines raining down implements of death. So he's, I, I understood that as being like airplanes and, and wars. You right. know? So that's a sign that, uh, that our love is growing cold. Is, is you see it in nature. That uh, we're filling nature with machines and, and different things. That's very that, interesting. <laughs> and that reminds me, we can get back to it. What's the yeah. third one? All right, so the third one, it can grow cold in our own communities. So the third sign, it can grow cold. Um, and he talk, he references his apostolic exhortation, Evangelii Gaudium. Um, the most evident signs of this lack of love, selfishness, spiritual sloth or sloth, uh, sterile pessimism, the temptation to self-absorption, constant warring among ourselves and the worldly mentality that makes us concerned only for appearances and thus lessens our missionary zeal. So interesting. So I was curious, when you said there were three things, yeah, the, three, signs, the yeah. <laughs> three signs of the cold heart, I thought right away, I was like thinking in terms of church and like the three things that the church tells us to do for Lent seem to be the counterpoints to those things. <laughs> so like prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, right? Like yeah. prayer, like the third point where it's like spiritual sloth, isolation, self-absorption. Like I see the counter to that as being prayer because mm. prayer is relationship with God and with the church. So it's not, it's like the opposite of isolation. And then like fasting reminded me, like I, I was thinking of the second second point Maybe Pope Francis goes into all this. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> why I'm does. kind of chuckling over here. All right. So like, <laughs> well, it's fasting. It's fasting Anthony's going like to be rending. a great priest. I can tell already. So he's... like, he rends the rends the creation. Is that the fasting part? Like, because Pope Francis is all about like the yeah. the, the well, so throwaway culture. Yeah. Well, what he says about fasting is that it weakens our tendency to violence. Um, it disarms us and becomes an important opportunity for growth. So on the one hand, it allows us to experience what it's like to be destitute and starving. And on the other hand, it expresses our own spiritual hunger and thirst for life in God. And this is my favorite. I underlined it. Fasting wakes us up. I loved that too. When I read it, yeah. I couldn't get that out of my head all Fasting day. Wakes Fasting wakes us up. And I I do not like to fast. <laughs> I really, I'll just be honest. I what you're really, saying is you like to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I really struggle with, in particular, fasting from food. So Ash Wednesday mm-hmm. is always a challenge as well as um, Good Friday. Uh, pray for me on that. But it's it's always so spiritually awakening for me in such a powerful way. And I think my hesitation with it and my struggle is because the devil doesn't want me to have that. Because usually at the end of the day of fasting, I'm, I feel so much more spiritually alive. Mm-hmm. And I'm asking, why don't I do this more often? <laughs> you know? And so why, why do you think you feel more spiritually alive? I think, one, um, the movement, like, food just seems like such a base instinct 
and drive. And it's what a we do, right? One. A necessary one. We wake up and we, we've got to have breakfast. We've got to make sure we bring lunch with us to work. We're looking forward to going home and having dinner. Like it's basic. Like if you think anthropologically, like to hunt for food was like what we did. That's what work was all about. Mm-hmm. So making money, you hear the phrase, make money to put food on the table. Bring home I mean, the bacon. Yeah. Right. And so it's, it's sort of a basic necessity, but also kind of a basic drive within my daily life, I think within all our daily lives. And so to push that aside and say, there's something even greater than this daily need, and it's my daily spiritual need, I think that really awakens me to uh, the reality of, of God mm. and relying more on him. Yeah, and like as you were talking, it kind of came to mind that I think just at the root of it all, we need so much less than we think we do. Mm. With, like with regard to food, with regard to material things in our life, with regard to like Netflix and, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, yesterday, I I mean, I felt yesterday, Ash Wednesday, I felt super wide awake. Mm. And and to com- like to contrast it, I mean, Fat Tuesday, we went out to a, like a <laughs> wonderful, like our staff went on, went to a wonderful lunch at Smoke. And if you've ever had Smoke, you know that they give you a whole lot of food. Oh and, yeah, <laughs> and I had to laugh. Like, uh, like one, one of the staff members got this brisket sandwich, and like the meat was just cascading <laughs> off the sandwich and onto the plate and onto the floor, and it was just meat everywhere. But you know, it was delicious. It was wonderful to celebrate. <laughs> but I felt awful. <laughs> I was hurting hard. But then Ash Wednesday rolls around, and I have like a little bowl of cereal to kick off the day, and then like basically nothing for lunch. And I felt so much more available to people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, Ken had this fantastic lunch called as well. the Hog Dog. The Hog Dog. <laughs> if you haven't had it, it's amazing. <laughs> I, it was it, huge. It was disgusting. It, um, it was yes. ridiculous. Pictures or it, it didn't happen. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know that kind of brings us back, I think, to uh, to some of the signs of the of uh, our love beginning to cool, and I think that uh, that. The one that, I mean, it jumps out at me is the greed for money, the root of all evil. I'm just going to read that whole little section. It's like two sentences. The rejection of God and his peace soon follows. We prefer our own desolation rather than the comfort found in his word and the sacraments. All this leads to violence against anyone we think is a threat to our own certainties. The unborn child, the elderly and infirm, the migrant, the alien among us, or our neighbor who does not live up to our expectations. And, you know, I find that, so um, uh, Anthony and I just went and, uh, and visited this, this couple, and they were amazing. Uh, shout out to Sam and Rosemary. And uh, they, were talking about, uh, they, they were talking about life in the Great Depression, and Mondays being wash days, that their whole community set aside Mondays, and they would go, and Sam's job as a child was to heat the fire, and they had this big pot over top of it, that they would get boiling, and they'd boil their clothes. And throw soap part soap pieces in. That's how they wash their clothes. Um, and uh, uh, we're, I don't even know where I was going with all that. But uh, it's a di- you know it's a different time where they had to work together, um, and and their tasks were done um, not in isolation, but they all got together, and their job was to wash the clothes that day. And I think in our our times as we as we. Uh, have grown accustomed to many more luxuries 
um, as we all seem to have more money, you know, we're not in a Great Depression. There's uh, there's affluence abounds all around us. There's comforts at our fingertips. There's Netflix you were talking about. Um, then it's fascinating that we prefer our own desolation uh, rather than the comfort found in His Word and His sacraments. So it's easier for us to sit in our in our house and just order pizza all the time um, and just consume other things rather than immersing ourselves in His Word and finding life in that. Yeah, I, I think that um, I think that there's kind of a crisis of leisure in our culture right now. Mm. If I mean, uh, a really good book to read on this would oh. be uh, Joseph Pieper's classic, Leisure, the Basis of Culture. But yeah, it's like that idea that um, we don't know how to rest anymore. And so we turn to these things that seem like they're restful, like we blob out in front of the TV, but does that really bring us peace? No. Yeah. Like, after I sit through four episodes of Netflix in the afternoon, I think I'm going to feel recharged, and I just feel like doing absolutely nothing. Isn't that funny? Well, it's interesting that you should bring that up, because at DYC this last weekend, the Diocesan Youth Conference, <clears throat> excuse me, Bishop Barry Nestow was there for Mass, and in his homily, he mentioned the movie Wally. Mm. And have you guys seen Wally? Oh, yeah. yeah. I love it's Wally. Great. And there's this little robot whose task is to clean up the environment of Earth that has been trashed by humanity. And humanity has moved since to space, and they all float around in space on these hovercraft <laughs> like, with a screen that they're constantly watching. And they're all incredibly overweight yeah, and drinking soda and never having to move to go anywhere. And they're not even interacting with each other. And so what he... They would, interact through like a Facebook. Right. And what Bishop, <laughs> what Bishop Nestow was speaking to the teenagers about was that need to have true relationship, mm. not the virtual relationship. Yeah. That, that the virtual tools can... He didn't, he didn't speak negatively of the virtual tools, but, the, but of the need for true presence in, with each other. Yeah. And that was the theme of the whole retreat was true presence, being truly present. Mm. Yeah. And that, you know, that's what uh, what Pope Francis talks a little bit about. He says, okay, so these are the signs. What are we to do? And Anthony Anthony touched all three. Sorry. Prayer. Hey, that's fine. It's what Lent's all about. Prayer, fasting, almsgiving. But it's interesting when he opens that up. He says, the church, our mother and our teacher. And uh, then he says, along with the often bitter medicine of the truth. Mm offers as in the Lenten season the soothing remedy of prayer, almsgiving, and fasting. I love that. The bitter medicine of the truth. Because when you think about it, hmm. what would you rather do? Have a plate of cinnamon rolls or fast? <laughs> cinnamon rolls. <laughs> no doubt. Dude, when you walk by a cinnamon, what is it called? The cinnamon? Cinnabon. Uh, yeah. Cinnabon. Stop. <laughs> stop. You're done. I, I can smell it right now. Anthony, it's Lent. Please stop. I'm sorry. It hurts. But... <laughs> That's what it's all. I mean, it's it's the the bitter medicine of truth. I mean, and the church calls us to this bitterness. You know, when Jesus says he thirsts, what do they give him? Bitter gall. Like it, it's a bitterness that that's freeing. It it does. It's so counterintuitive. The whole gospel message. This practice of Lent is so anti. It's so countercultural, because why would you intentionally spend time praying, which on the outside, looks like you're doing nothing. You're just, just spending time on the time. knees, wasting time. Um, why would you do almsgiving? You're giving your money away that you worked for. Um, it's something that you've earned and you've put your time in. 
Why would you fast? You're supposed to eat. It tastes good. It makes you happy. You're denying all of these things. It's so countercultural. But it's bitter medicine that leads to healing and joy. Medicinal, yeah. Right? Because yeah. medicine oftentimes is not fun to take. Right. But it does heal us and brings us to a healthier place. Yeah. And so fasting is not fun. It's, it is bitter. But then you reach this moment of being more spiritually alive. And there's a joy. It can't be explained until you do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Christ came, like John Paul II always says it, like Christ came to reveal mankind to himself. And so like the the fully alive human being, like even like even apart from sin, even apart from like he's going to like forego like the natural pleasures. He's going to forego those things just because he loves God so much more. Like that and sometimes we think about this as like, oh, well that just means that it, like we do this stuff because we're bad and and because we're bad people and I mean, that's true. We're sinners. But at the same time, we don't do it simply because of that. We do it because we, we love God so much more or that we're, we're trying to open ourselves up to him and what he's doing in us. And it's, it's not a rejection of the body. It's not a rejection of pleasure. It's, it's recognizing that God is so much more. Yeah. Right. And I got the opportunity to give ashes on Ash Wednesday, which was I'm really grateful for. And there's two different phrases you can say. You can say you are ashes and to remember you are dust and to dust you shall return. Or repent and believe in the gospel. Yeah, that's cool. And I and I like I like both, but I think repent and believe in the gospel is kind of what we're talking about. Like this fasting and prayer and almsgiving is the is part of the repentance mm. so that we can fully receive the gospel. And I think you were touching on something uh important too, Anthony, and I was talking to one of our Dominican sisters here and uh uh, we were talking about Lent, we were talking yesterday, and fasting. Um, and she said, uh, she said somebody told her something last year. She was walking down the hallway eating chocolate, and they were like, what are you doing? It's Lent. She's like, oh, I didn't give up sweets. I'm like, well, you probably should give up sweets. It's Lent. That should just be what's given up. Um, and she said that really struck, struck her. And she was like, yeah, but sweets aren't, they're not hard to give up. And then she thought about it and was like, wait, but if I give up sweets, what am I replacing it with? Am I replacing it with uh, with just some other food, you know, with something mm. else? Um, and she realized, oh my goodness, you know, I've you know been replacing with other things, and it made me realize, yeah, I do that all the time. I give up something, I fat, maybe I fast, but then I increase my napping, you know. Um, I uh, will do some alms giving, but then I don't know, do something else. Like you fill it with something else because there's a void. You're giving up something. You're creating space, mm-hmm. creating a void. And so then the question is, okay, what are you filling with that void? So when you're fasting, what do you fill it with? When you're giving up something this Lent, what do you fill that void with? And the only way to true joy is to fill it with God, you know, uh, to fill it with prayer, mm-hmm. uh, to fill it with time spent in his word, um, to fill it with giving, with charitable works. Um, so, yeah, if you try to save your life, you're going to lose it. That was the gospel today. Yeah. And I think that's the heart of it. Like, we always, we're really good. Humanity is really good at coming up with compensations. It's like, okay, God, I'm giving you this, but I'm going to take this. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And it's just this, this for that. And it's like, no, God wants everything. Yeah. And that's why I think it's important, like, yes, give something up, but then what are you going to add? Yeah. And one thing that one could add is the weekly stations of the cross. Yeah, absolutely. Does. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, what, Fridays, right? Every Fridays. Friday. During Lent. 6.30 or is it 6 o'clock? Uh, I believe it's 6 is the soup. 
Six is when soup starts. So, yeah. Go get you some soup on Friday at six. And then afterwards, after eating soup, there's the Stations of the Cross, which is a beautiful devotion where you walk with our Lord from his sentencing to death to his burial in the tomb. Yeah, it's a fantastic way. Uh, spend the <laughs> evening. And there, I think a couple of the times it's it's a fish fry too, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, most of them are soups. So just check the church bulletin. Yeah, all of it's there. OLMC.org. But come and join us. So let me close uh, with the closing paragraph from our Holy Father. Uh, During the Easter vigil, we will celebrate once more the moving rite of the lighting of the Easter candle, drawn from the new fire. This light will slowly overcome the darkness and illuminate the liturgical assembly. May the light of Christ rising in glory dispel the darkness of our hearts and minds and enable all of us to relive the experience of the disciples on the way to Emmaus. By listening to God's word and drawing nourishment from the table of the Eucharist, may our hearts be ever more ardent in faith, hope, and love. So go check it out. Um, You can find it on the Vatican website. Uh, Just Google Message of the Holy Father, Pope Francis, um, Lent 2018. Uh, Great way to kind of start off your, kick off your Lent. So thank you all for listening to our podcast. Remember to share it with your friends and family if you enjoyed it. We'll close with Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Pray Pray for for us. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the presenters alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia, or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond. This podcast is presented to you by individuals who are not all necessarily experts in the field of discussion, but are answering the call of the new evangelization and sharing their love of Christ with you. God bless you.